everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show, the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you for staying with us into our guest segment. Hope you enjoyed the intro. we got a really special guest, and it's someone who, who I've had some kind of peripheral uh, awareness of, and now I'm kind of diving into what, what he's doing uh, in work with regard to biblical prophecy, end times, what's coming. It's fascinating. I mean... I'm enthralled by this. Uh, my guest name is Doug Diamond. We're going to get to him in just a minute. But I, I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we build our show. The catchphrase for years has been uh, freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We've even trademarked the phrase. But we're underselling what we need to do. I, I can't turn things around by saving one unenslaved mind at a time. I need your help. And when you go listen to shows like mine, or if you're listening to Steve or our guest uh, Doug or Celeste Salam, when you listen to these people, you need to share the work. Because right now, if we don't put marching feet on the street and get people to show up to vote, a year from now, we might be talking about where the best place to hide is, as opposed to how we're going to adapt to all these unconstitutional controls that have been put on us. So I'm really leaving it to you, ladies and gentlemen, to please do your part. Anyway, we have a couple people that pay our bills here, and uh, they're products that you need. And if the Bolsheviks who are overthrowing this government in the process right now manage to succeed and take over all three branches, you don't think they're going to use food as a weapon? Think again. Communists always use food as a weapon. And we have the best durable food company in the world. And I wouldn't be pushing it if I didn't think this was a real possibility. And what's the worst thing that happens? You eat your mistake. Now, right now, we've got $100 off the four-week special. One guy just recently bought 100 sets of these because the price is so darn good. And I'm going to encourage you right now, that 25-year shelf life, restaurant-quality food, better than the store, um, because it, it keeps. And there's lots of diversity in the food. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And don't sell your family short. People say, how much do I need? Well, the answer really is about two years and seeds. Dave, I can't get two years in a short amount of time. Do the best you can do. That's all you can do. Preparewithdave.com. And if you have food, you need water. And so we have Water with Dave. And what's that? The Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. In a crisis, when water services are no longer being offered, water's not being purified, you won't have any trouble finding standing water. You'll have trouble finding drinkable standing water. So what we're going to ask you to do is get the best water filter out there. The research is at waterwithdave.com. It shows you how good it is compared to the competitors. And there's 40% off. That's right. 40% off this product while supplies last. Go to waterwithdave. So you've got preparewithdave.com. you got waterwithdave.com. And now we have Doug Diamond with Dave. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, biblical prophecy. And, and, and people say, Dave, you really do the news and you cover the scandals. But I have to tell you, this is my favorite topic. So Doug... Thank you for joining me. I, I feel like a kid in a candy store right now because I know we're going to embark on a journey that's going to be very satisfying and fascinating. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate your having me on. It's really an honor to be on your show. I watch it all the time. Thank you. Well, it's it's great to have you here. I know you work closely with Celeste, and she's quickly become one of my favorites as well, too. So you're in good company, and we're both in good company with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think what you have done is fascinating as you're looking at end times. Tell me what motivated you to get started on this project. Well, you know, I don't, 
I really never put dates to anything, and I sort of cringe at any time anyone ever does that because you, you figure nine times out of ten, if not more, they're going to be wrong, especially if they put right. uh, a certain day on something that they're saying. It, they're almost always wrong. So I, I've never liked to do that. And about December of 2018, I got a phone call from a guy across town. I'm in Nashville. Um, who wanted me to work on his DVD project and he needed somebody to do a few technical related things that he could not do so I said yes and we talked about the project for a little bit and he brought it by and dropped it in my lap as it were and um, all that to say it was a DVD project called 2028 end and I thought okay well that's an interesting title and I started working on the project and, and ended up authoring the guy's DVDs for him and his, also his uh, Blu-ray. And when I finally got through the whole project, I went back and watched it, and it was really eye-opening. I felt like um, this, guy, this guy's name is Gabriel. I felt like Gabriel's information was really spectacular, and he had so many viewers and followers on on. Um, Facebook and YouTube and I was like well how did I miss this before and here it is in my lap so based on that and also some other information that I have just because I'm a producer I do I work with a lot of people who do what you do Dave and and um, I glean a lot of information from people as far as um, kind of where we are with the world today and I work with Dane Wigington I've, I've worked with him for many years I've interviewed and, him a few times he's fantastic yeah, Dane's great, and and he even lately has been saying, you know what, I really think we might have maybe 10 years, and and that fits in perfectly with what I realized was happening with the timeline as presented by 2028 End. So I got into it and um, realized that based on Gabriel's information, he says in 2008 he was given the information um, through prayer that Jesus Christ would return in September of 2028. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting because, I mean, no, no man knows the day or the hour, right? That was my first thought. And he actually has an answer for that, and it's in his video series called 2028 End. And I, I watched it, I'm like, okay, well, now that kind of makes sense. No man knows the day or the hour is what Jesus said, but he didn't say it from the standpoint of you can't possibly know when I will return. He, he said it because no man knows the day or the hour is the name of the Jewish festival. It's the Jewish feast of trumpets. And he was actually pointing to when he will return. Not the year, but the season. And that happens to be about September. Um, and so that kind of made sense to me. So I pursued it a little bit further. And um, as I got into it, a little deeper I realized okay wait a minute so if if Jesus is returning in September of 2028 note that we don't know the day or the hour we just based on his information we know possibly the month and the year but we, we don't know the day or the hour so what I did was I worked backwards I was, I was like okay well if that's the case then then maybe the last seven years on planet earth would be starting in September of 2021 which isn't very far away so I, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to put a timeline together. And I was already through the uh, Fuel Projects series on Revelation, and they have a really good timeline. And I give full credit to the Fuel Project, fuelproject.org, 
They have an incredible series on the Book of Revelation on YouTube and in other places. I bought the DVDs of it because I thought I really wanted to support the work of, of um, Mark Fairley, who's the guy that runs um, the Fuel Project. And the Book of Revelation is really explained well in that series from what I gather and, and from my studies and biblically and, and um, also you know just reading and, and my, my studying with, with – um, you know, information books that I've read, like Steve's books and things like that. So it sort of all made sense to me that, okay, well, wait a minute. If 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 Jesus is returning in September of 2028, then the final seven years could potentially be starting in September next year. Hmm. And so in sep in um, March of 2019, I put together a what was the first part of a four-part series. Uh, I'm working on two new parts to it as well, so it will eventually be at least six parts. Um, the first video I put out in March of 2019, and I detailed everything that I'm talking about now in, in great detail, including the no man knows the day or the hour, and that video is embedded in the video I'm talking about in part one, and hopefully we can get that embedded in your site, Dave, so people can see it. Absolutely. But I just felt like it was really a, an amazing story as far as... Um, Okay, well, if, if that's the case, then we may be able to know other things on the Revelation timeline that, you know, it's really foggy as far as uh, being a Christian. You're like, okay, well, I've heard of that. I've heard of Wormwood. I've heard, you know, Planet X. I've heard of the Locust Army. I've heard of the 200 million strong army. When does all this happen? And it's always been sort of nebulous, way out in the future, you know, probably never happen in our lifetimes. For, and that's for those who even believe the book of Revelation. And because you have pastors out there that won't even preach on it, they won't touch it with a you know, 10-foot pole. And personally, I, the book of Revelation is my favorite, and it always has been, because to me it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. I feel like Jesus wrote the book of Revelation, so we should know it. It's up to us to know that. So I'll shut up here for just a second. No, I jump in. I've been talking. No, this is awesome. It just is... Um... I could listen to you go on forever about this because this is one of my favorite topics. I don't know if I'd call it a hobby because it's a spiritual pursuit, but it feels like a hobby. It's fun like a hobby. It's fascinating. But so what you're saying in your opinion from the work that you encountered as a producer that the tribulation could start next September? I feel like it could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I would call that the great tribulation, not... As Steve says, I think, I believe correctly, now we are in tribulations. These are the, the, the birth pangs leading up to the final seven years, which I believe would be the great tribulation. And of those seven years, the Antichrist is going to have the last three and a half. The first three and a half, he's going to start it with a peace treaty, and there will be relative peace in the first three and a half years, but at the halfway point, I believe he gets the I believe that Satan gets um, kicked out of heaven permanently, as it were, and and the Antichrist becomes violent at that point, and that's the halfway point. And the last three and a half years are going to be hell on earth, literally, from about 2025 till Jesus returns in 2028. And again, that's all saying that these years are even right. And I would just invite people to go watch the video because I outline it as as in as much detail as I possibly can so that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and, and that if people really have issues with it, that's totally fine. I would love 
to be wrong about every bit of this because I have kids. I want to see them grow up and get old, you know, and, and I want to age myself. I want to be with my beautiful wife and, and live long, happy lives. But I just, Dave, I don't see that happening from where we are in the world today. And I did an interview back in November last year where I mentioned uh, in the interview that I was getting March of 2020 as an important um, as an important date in the future and the, the important date it's funny I mentioned my beautiful wife and my phone literally just rang and it's her um, her ears are so burning the, of course <laughs> so um, what I was going to say was the um, March of 2020 date was given to me I felt through prayer back in November last year and look what happened in March this year. That's when, that's when everything went completely nuts. Now, I, I didn't know enough at the time to ask specifics in my prayer life. What, okay, what's going to happen, Lord, in 2028? And I don't know that he would have revealed that. But I felt like something was going to change. I thought, okay, it could be Cascadia that Steve talks about. I thought sure. okay, it could be any number of things. And it never really occurred to me that it would be a virus that would bring the world to its knees. And that's what happened. And you can go back and watch the interview. It's on my um, playlist at TakeItToTheLordInPrayer.com. If you go watch the interview I did with Anthony Patch, we talked about it. And, and in, in November last year, I mentioned, okay, I really feel like March is going to be something. And then here we are. So, you know, I, I would love to be wrong about all this, and, and I hope to be. But I just, you know, the more I look at things, the more it's sort of confirming this is exactly the way things are playing out. Yeah, it's it's feeling that way to me too, and I I don't have the specifics you do, um, but I will tell you in my spirit, in my heart, I feel like this is it. And Steve Steve Quayle used to tell me years ago, probably a dozen years ago, Dave, we can't save America. We can work towards that end, but we're not going to save America. He said, but individual salvation is possible, and this is what we all should be working for. And so he kind of adopted an adapt adaptation versus uh, activist mentality and used the scripture to that end. And I have to say that I resisted this with every fiber in my being. Even though I didn't think Steve was really wrong, I didn't want him to be right. But I have to tell you now, so many avenues to legitimate government, to normal living, preservation of the family and family values were so under attack from so many different angles I don't see any way out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything is being turned on its head right now, and the Bible the Bible talks about that. I know. You know? I know, and this is why um, it's kind of like Steve told you 12 years ago. I keep hearing this voice in my head saying this, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's a, a word of knowledge or what I would call it, but I keep reflecting back to when Steve was first on my radio show and said this. And this is before we became good friends. Steve and I now are pretty close, and we talk a lot. But when I did not know him that well, I thought, what a fascinating guest. What an intelligent man. And he's a man of God. But I don't want to believe this. And then you're coming along, and a lot of what you were saying is what he told me 12 years ago. So you start hearing this, you know, in different verses. you got to take it seriously. Let me plug in a couple of current events. You plugged in the virus. Um, do you have any sense or do you have any scriptural reference in your mind about the immediate fate of America? Um, no, not really, not from the standpoint of scripture. I mean, I can tell you what I think, and I think what you talk about is dead on. 
Um, and I told you in a, in a previous conversation that I believe that Trump loses in November. And there are reasons for that, and I'm sure you have your reasons, but I really mm -hmm. believe that Hillary Clinton will become president. I don't know that she'll even run. I think she could be drafted. She could look like she could be the, the, the quintessential victim because of what happened last time when she got beat. And they bring her in and, and adorn her at that point. Um, Biden could get elected, and then she gets it from him somehow, or who knows. But I yeah. really feel like her job is to usher in the Antichrist. And look at the timing. Because the Antichrist, if, if this timeline holds true, the Antichrist will have to be on the scene by September of next year. He will already have to be on the scene, and, and it's possible that she could help usher him in. In some way. I don't even know what way. I'm just I saying. couldn't agree with you more. In fact, for years, I spent the first three years of Trump's administration saying, look it, ladies and gentlemen, this is how it was supposed to go. Obama passed or created Executive Order 13603, complete control of people, resources, everything. Uh, the NDAA, snatch you off the street, no due process. And then all the attacks on the family. And our social structure came from Obama. And I said, if I was going to use a baseball analogy, Obama is the eighth inning setup guy. And then Hillary was going to come in and be the closer and lock everything down and put everything into motion. Mm -hmm. And then a miracle came. I think God gave us a four-year respite. And a miracle happened in Donald Trump and delayed this. But I have not changed my opinion that Hillary Clinton will become the president by hook or crook. I still believe that. I've been saying it for four years. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yep, I do too. I've been saying it as well, not for that long, but I, I think that's what's going to happen. And we're, and let's make it clear, we are not willing this. We don't want it to happen. But, you know, whatever God's will is, it's going to play out. Exactly. And we know, if, the, if you believe the book of Revelation, we know there's going to be some nasty stuff coming our way. And to me, Hillary Clinton is going to be one of those faces Yes. Uh, in our future, unfortunately. Do, I want you to react to this comment. Maybe if we stopped butchering our children, the Lord might grant us another reprieve. Boy, I would love for that to be true. I think that years ago, if we would have, if we'd have turned to God then when we should have, should have, I think that it is very possible that we could get a further reprieve. I think we're too far down the line now, personally, to get that reprieve. Maybe the last four years has been that. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, I mean, you know, um, Sodom and Gomorrah was spared for a while um, because of the prayers of people who God, you know, who were listening to God. So um, I guess it's possible. I would never want to say that's not possible. I just feel like in my heart, I, I think it's too late for that, unfortunately. And I think things just get worse from here, probably. Well, I'm, I've been praying probably a very... I don't know, substandard prayer. And it goes something like this. Lord, I know it's inevitable, but please, please push it off as long as you can. Please. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'll do my job to try to bring your word to many. And, and I'm not trying to make a deal with the Lord in the way I guess I am. I don't want to go, personally, I don't want to go through this, but I guess if I'm, we're called to do it, we've got to put our big boy pants on and go through it. But I don't think there's anything wrong with wishing it to the future. Yeah, I agree. And, but he will be with us. You know, he know. he has told us to have no fear about it. And I don't have any fear about it. 
I, I worry about it from the standpoint of, okay, well, how will life actually be? I mean, how, how bad can it really get? And I think things are bad now, but of course, you and I both know they could get a lot worse than they are right now. Uh, the 3 a.m. visits, yeah. I mean, yeah. look at what they did in Arkansas. 19 people taken to an unknown FEMA medical martial law camp that Celeste and I have been talking about. I did my first article on that seven years ago. And they don't have the constitutional authority to do it, but they did it. Yeah. And, and Doug, here in Arizona, we have a law, and I, I did a podcast on this, and then I subsequently wrote an article. It was um, ARS 36, uh, Section 787 through 790. And our lovely governor has uh, been granted the authority by the state, it's unconstitutional, of course, to snatch you out of your home because you might be exposed to some pathogen. Might be. Not, not are but the law is written could be expected to be exposed and they can take you wherever they want they can hold you wherever you want you cannot appeal anything for 10 days and even then imagine trying to get into the court system while you're quarantined not going to happen and then where's your legal representation going to come from i mean it's complete gestapo nazi gather you up yeah, and I think we would probably both agree that the goal here seems to be that one world government. Yeah. That's where that's where they're taking us. They've made a deal with the devil. You know, it's interesting yeah. that Hillary would be the one to bring it in. I don't know if you know this, but when uh, Paul Preston and I were doing research um, on the election, we both independently discovered that she routinely visits Los Angeles to go to the witch's temple there. Did you know that? Yeah, I did, yep. Which he's part of a coven, right? According to Larry Nichols. <laughs> fourth degree coven witch. I I interviewed Larry Nichols about this. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, That's fourth degree great. coven witch. Um, and and I, I'm 100% confidence call on that. So what yeah. a perfect entity, and I mean the word entity literally, what a perfect entity to usher all this in. Now, do you know about Hilarion and the Babylon working? No, I know about Babylon, but explain the rest. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do two more uh, episodes to my series, and it's going to be in this fifth episode that I'm going to um, hopefully finish up in the next week or two. But essentially, um, and you can get this from Tom Horn's really great book called Saboteurs, where he goes into great detail about Babylon working. And um, 1945 and 46, um, based on the work of Aliester Crowley, L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons basically brought forth uh, a demonic spirit named Hilarion. Hilarion. And they believe Hilarion was born into a female body in 1947. And guess what year Hillary Clinton was born? 47. Which makes her 72 years old right now and 72 is 66 plus 6 I mean oh. you, you just can't make this stuff up <laughs> Hilarion and the Babylon working you can look it up it's on Wikipedia but there's no mention of Hilarion or Hillary Clinton that's all from Tom Horn and full credit to Tom um, what an unbelievable story but that's part of the reason that I think that Hillary becomes president by hook or by crook like you say uh, or at least in charge. Maybe it won't even be called president by then. I don't know, but she's still around. We we know she is. So, you know, she's been I mean, a little more active in the media recently too. And yeah, 
she she may be getting prepared and if hilarion is a demonic spirit that has inhabited her for her whole life you know i've heard people say oh, well that hillary clinton the current hillary clinton is a clone of another hillary clinton before that and who knows i mean there's no way to know that and i don't really care the point is whatever evil spirit is in her i think it's probably still the same one and if it's hilarion and they're in hilarion's um their its goal is to usher in the antichrist we are right on the precipice of that based on this timeline which also plays and i told you this it also plays into the deagle report and the millions dead by 2025 well in my timeline 2025 is the three and a half year mark when the antichrist takes over so let that sink in for a minute i'm doing the, I'm doing the math in my it. I'm doing the math in my head and thinking, um, will, will I be collecting on my social yeah. security? Um, wow. Probably, the, 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 probably, the, the, probably there won't be anything to collect. <laughs> well, the Deagle report, I wrote on that, oh gosh, probably six, seven years ago. And uh, in there, I remember the spending of the military will be down to like 8% of what it, what, what it is today. Okay. And our GDP, oh gosh, I don't remember, but it's something ridiculously low, like... 15% of base level today. In okay. other words, the, the U.S. and the U.K. get obliterated, and there's virtually no change in economic uh, factors and military strength in Russia and China. See, I believe the 200 million strong army that precedes the Antichrist three-and-a-half-year mark, he's already in power, but the 200 million strong army that kill a third of the population of the world... I think the 200 million strong army is the Chinese military. I go into that in, in um, part two of the series. So. Well, and they're embedded here in this country as well, too, waiting yeah. to come out to yep. wreak the final havoc. Um, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Um, China is definitely... Well, let me ask you this. In biblical prophecy, in your mind, I think the Deagle Report speaks to this, but that's not biblical. What happens to the U.S. in the upcoming short term? I don't really have any um, definitive direction for that, but I do think, uh, you know, the thought always comes back to me about the, the movie Mad Max in the 80s. You know, that's sort of the way I envision it. I hope I'm wrong, but I think we will be here. It's just going to be a different existence than we have known up to now because... You know, if the Antichrist really is coming on the scene uh, by, say, within the next year and a few months or so, um, things will change once that happens. And I think in order for him to become the powerful being that he will, there will have to probably be a third world war or at least nukes going off somewhere and that third temple built and there's some there's some other you know qualifications that that really need to happen before he's on scene but i do think that it, it the future doesn't look very good for us as a country unfortunately and of course we need to be as christians we need to be praying against that and and for jesus's protection and whatever the future holds and and i would never say well i could i could say definitively that it's going to be X, whatever that is. I don't really have any idea. I'm in it. I'm in it just like you are, and um, along for the ride. And I hope that when I'm done, that 
that I get to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, because that's all I really live for at this point. And I would also add to Dave that I don't want to steer anybody wrong, and I, I would love to be wrong on all this stuff. And I hope I am. I really do. Um, but I felt led to bring it to bring it to the forefront because God has been preparing me for my whole life for seeing things in the way that I see them as far as putting this timeline together. And I've kind of realized that over the last few months that um, without having certain things happen exactly in certain timing um, ramifications in my life, I don't think it would have played out and I don't think you and I would be talking right now. If that makes sense. I know. I think you're exactly right on the money. Um, you mentioned some of the signs. Um, what should we David, be looking? Pardon me. I think oh. you're muted. Yeah, I think you're oh, right. I was. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. I missed what you said. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this question. You mentioned something about signs. My word. Um, about what to look out for. What are some of those things? Can you share that with the audience that they they can look around and say? Yeah, he's right about that, and yeah, I see that too. What What are some of those signs? Well, I mentioned two of them: um, World War Three, mm -hmm. yep. some sort of nuclear um, exchange that will, in my opinion, most likely devastate Damascus. I think we'll see Isaiah's, Isaiah Isaiah um, seventeen play out, where Damascus is a ruinous heap. I think you have that to watch out for. Um, and again, this is my opinion. Um, the third temple, obviously, the physical third temple. Our bodies are the temple, but, you know, and Satan is working at um, harnessing our bodies, too, because we've all ingested nanotechnology and all of this terrible stuff that's already in us, um, you know, showing itself as Morgellons and things like that in certain people. He's already invaded our body as a temple, but I do think there will be a third physical temple as well. When we see that happen, we'll know we're right there. So I think those are the, the main things to watch for from what I gather. you know. And the third temple, I went into this in the third part of my series as far as when they build the third temple, they're going to build it on Temple Mount, but that is the wrong place. That's not where the first two temples were. They were down the hill just a little ways in um, the city of David. That's where the, the first two temples were. And I go into it in great detail and use... Some, some video footage and full credits given in, in that video proving the point that just like Jesus said when the second temple was taken down no stone would be left on top of another stone and yet if you don't believe that then I guess you could believe that the, the western wall is what's left of the second temple but if you believe Jesus then you realize if no stone is left on another stone how can that possibly be the western wall I'm saying that I believe that that is the Western Wall is what's left of Fort Antonia, which was a Roman fortress built on the high ground of the Temple Mount. So they're going to build the third temple, but they're going to put it in the wrong place. So when you see that happen, there's another sign. What's your feeling about the president's support for the third temple? Um, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like he is most likely an Orthodox Jew or certainly um, has those leanings. Obviously we know that um, his son-in-law and, and daughter are and um, I feel like he is doing nothing but 
making the ball roll a little faster as far as making things happen. And they look at him as, as the, the second, the next Cyrus or whatever. And I think that he's, you know, even unknowingly, unwittingly, he is helping to make these things happen. But it's all in God's timing. Like God, there's no surprises for God. We can't surprise him. So it's, he knew everything was going to play out exactly like it is. And when, when you and I prayed and, and, and everybody else prayed to get Trump in four years ago, he knew that that would happen and that it would play out in such a way that Trump would help usher in um, whatever he's doing. You know, it's like as far as the um, Israel and the, and the third temple eventually and so forth. So, um, You mentioned 1947. Uh, there's also yeah. some other things that happened that were notable in that year. The creation yes. of the Air Force, the NSA, and the CIA all at the same time. Oh, okay. I didn't even – I didn't know that. I thought you were going to say Roswell and the UFOs because the UFO part of this whole thing with Babylon working also was part of that the whole deal between you know Jack Parsons, who was JPL Laboratories, you know, and yes. L. Ron Hubbard. And, and a lot of people are attributing some of the, attributing some of the uh, UFO – phenomena that started in 1947 with Babylon working. So I thought you were going to say that, but you went in a totally different direction. That's pretty Well, I can go back to this too, because um, from my conversations with Steve and a little bit with Celeste now, mm-hmm. um, I am very much um, uh, subscribed to the notion that we're dealing with aliens, but they're aliens uh, in drag that are really mm-hmm. fallen angels. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would add, too, I don't think you know this. I had the honor of three years ago, almost exactly, going to Peru with Steve Quayle and Timothy Alberino and company. We did a Gen 6 tour of the megalithic structures, including uh, Machu Picchu and some other places, Sacsayhuaman, in Peru. And Sacsayhuaman, I think, is a gateway. I think it's exactly, you know, it's a gate. It's a portal, or at least it was, maybe broken now. I don't know. But, you know, it goes back to the fallen angels and the UFOs and how did they get so quickly from one place on the planet to another. And and I, I'm i with you. I think, I think it's exactly what it is. I don't think it's space brothers from some other planet. I think it's fallen angels masquerading as aliens who live right here on this planet. Yeah, I, I think they can traverse dimensions and come from distances, but they are still... Satan's army, the one-third that got cast out. Yes. And uh, let me take a side turn just for a second, because as we go down this road, I'd like to plug in as many current events to what we're talking about with basic theology. Um, any, I'll tell you what's crossing my desk a tremendous amount right now. Jupiter and the fact that we might be going into a debris field in the next six months starting in September... And it it could be very, very bad. Do you know anything about this? Not a lot. I've seen some headlines. I don't think it's wormwood. Not yet. But um, it will be interesting. I mean, it could cause that, that that's, those celestial, you know, distractions and disturbances can certainly cause a lot of chaos on this planet. And it's definitely something worth watching, although I don't, I'm not really familiar with the, the details of that per se. I don't think it's quite Wormwood yet. I think that happens um, after 2021 when the Antichrist is, is um, when he does his peace treaty. That's how I see it. And so I, Wormwood's the big one to me versus um, 
this Jupiter thing, which is probably important, and it certainly would be from God's perspective. It has some sort of symbology that we should be paying attention to. So I will certainly investigate that. Thank you for the for the tip. To me, it's interesting. Do you have any sense about the kind of government leadership that we'll be under after this peace treaty is signed that you just mentioned? Well, I mean, I believe that's going to be the one world government, and, and it's his peace treaty. That could be the, the what they call the economic reset. That could be the jubilee where all debt is forgiven, and uh, you know, you're, you're forgiven of all of your debts, and no one has to have jobs anymore, and blah, 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 because we're just going to pay you, and look how great we are. Oh, but you're going to have to take this mark, and oh, all of the money, we now have total control over it by, because it's digital currency. So I think that's where it's headed, you know, one world government, one world currency, one world religion probably by then. Um, not all at once. I think it's going to come in phases, and it's not all going to happen by 2021. I don't mean that, but I do think that that's the beginning of it. And whatever the peace treaty is, it could be a peace treaty in the traditional sense between nations. That's kind of how I envision it, perhaps after a nuclear exchange. Um, but it could be, you know, maybe if, if we have a war on the virus, maybe it's a peace treaty with, um, you know, the Antichrist declaring that the virus war is over because he has the, the um, you know, the cure for it or whatever. I mean, who knows? It's really hard to say, but um, it's definitely something to watch for. There's lots of things on the horizon, I think. There, there really are. And, and um, I do think you're right about the New World Order. I think the debt is the vehicle. People will jump to a, a debt jubilee. I mean, they would love that. That's the best way to get people on your side right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, especially when you have all those people out of work. So in the research you've done, and I've read a lot about this, and I've come away more confused than satisfied with answers, but where does the Antichrist come from? What do we know about him? Well, I think he comes from Damascus after, I mean, I think he's probably on this planet now. I don't think he's indwelt with the spirit of Satan yet. Um, I think that's off in the distant, in in the near future, you know, in, in terms of a few years yet. Um, I think he got, he comes from Damascus. I think that the um, the name he's given is is the um, the son of perdition. And if you look up the meaning of perdition, it means total and utter destruction. So. If Damascus is going to be completely destroyed, why wouldn't the Antichrist come from the place of utter destruction, which makes him the son of perdition? So I don't know a lot about him, and I That's do good feel logic. like in, in, I'm sorry. That's very good logic. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I do ask God for details, but I do think too, though, that He will not reveal certain things, and I don't think the Antichrist can be known. Yet I don't think it's. I think he's. I think God has sealed up the details on who it is um, right now, but we'll know, and we'll definitely know if it's a certain person that that has a peace treaty that the world is just in awe of in the next, you know, twelve fourteen months. So we don't really need to know who he is if we know the timing. That's what I'm saying. Yes. If we know when to watch for him, it doesn't matter who he is. Where will he rule from? Um, well, I think that he will probably rule from 
Middle East, um, probably from Jerusalem to some degree. I don't really know, and it may not matter because the world is so is so um, unified technologically. Which, by the way, technology is is Satan's system as well. It goes back to what Anthony and Kathleen Patch talk about with um, geomancy and divination and the ones and the zeros. It goes back, you know, thousands of years almost, or certainly hundreds of years. Um, and the technology that we have today that we're that we're using to even talk right now, it's all based in geomancy, and it's based on um, technology that we're not really supposed to have, and yet we do because Satan has brought it in, the fallen angels have brought it in. Um, so I feel like I don't know that I can really specifically pinpoint he's going to rule from a certain place, but probably Jerusalem because Jerusalem would be um, – the center of the world, more or less, at that point, I think, um, in this, in the case of uh, financial collapse and economic meltdown, and World War III. If all that, if all these things happen, people will be looking probably to the old world to some degree. So what, what better time for the Antichrist to step forward and rule from wherever he's going to come from? That is um, probably about as detailed description. I always thought it would be Iran. I, I kind of thought he might have come out of the okay. imams or something. I mean, and yeah. that's just sheer speculation. I mean, that's just off the cuff, throwing stuff up on the wall, you know, but yeah. not, not I mean, being sure. We don't know. We don't know. But I mean, I there's was, no way for us to know. I think God is, is certainly going to reveal that when he's ready and not before. And um, we just need to be watching out for the different signs, like you said, and... Uh, We'll know it when we see it. That's the whole point, and that's why I'm. That's why I did the series. Was I felt like this was dropped in my lap, and I feel like I need to say something because if I don't, and and it's correct, if it is right, then think about how much how empowered we are as Christians, knowing okay, we've got X amount of time before the next thing, whatever it is, and and I, you know, I'm, I don't want to portray that I'm saying anything other than I feel like God has, has given me this and um, put the correct people in my path. I haven't discovered anything. All I did was took a timeline I was very familiar with and added some dates to it. That's all I did. And all the other work comes from other people, people like Dane Wigington and um, Celeste Solom and Anthony Patch and L.A. Marzulli and everybody's work all fits together somehow and I've been honored to be able to work with some of these people and call them friends and know them on a personal level and take some of what they say and think okay well how does this fit into the biblical you know book of revelation timeline and I feel like you know that's what's going on that doesn't mean I'm right I don't necessarily even want to be right I'm just saying that it seems to me like these puzzle pieces do fit together on your I think you're muted again no I'm not there you go. <laughs> um, yeah I was stuttering um, on my on on the chart that I read that you have you had some horrific casualty figures can, can, can you review those a little bit for the audience that might not be as familiar with end times prophecy well uh, were you talking about the um, third of humanity dying at the yes. hands of exactly. okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and this is all in the video series, but um, for Euphrates-based demons, who I believe are tied to that 
region, that area around the Euphrates River, four Euphrates-based demons who are just chomping at the bit and ready to go lead an army of 200 million strong to kill a third of humanity. Now, that's billions of people. And if this timeline is right, or even close, we're five years out, probably. Something like that. Wow. And five that, years. and again, that unfortunately, that fits into the Deagle report. And I don't know how that they got their information. I don't even know who they are. I think they're a think tank. But when I realized that that kind of plays into it, I'm like, wow, if a third of humanity is wiped out because of this, the four demons from the Euphrates and the 200 million strong army, which I believe are the communist Chinese, um, we're in some big trouble, big trouble. And, th and But this comes on the precipice of other things happening before that, and that is most likely Wormwood and also CERN opening the abyss. There you go. If that, if yep. That's what happens. Yeah, and, and listen, you just opened another door for what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, Steve is out and about now shooting for a new series he's doing on Stargates. And uh, I'm not going to say any more just to keep the confidentiality. But yeah. um, we've, we've Steve and I have actually talked about some of the Stargate concepts on my show. And you mentioned the kind of science, two kinds of sciences. Um my dad yeah. used to work with captured German scientists. Uh, he re they retired him six months early from the Navy, full pension, to do this work. And so he theoretically was helping to reverse engineer their, their physics concepts. And um, this is when he, when he started telling me about this in, in the mid-'80s when he was terminal. He was telling me that uh, he said he thought they were 100 to 300 years ahead of us, and he said the Newtonian physics model that you took in high school he said it's archaic, and he said uh, he learned from you know just looking into things that Tesla had the newer model, the hyperdimensional uh, quantum physics model. But the elite didn't want free energy; they wanted to put a meter on everything. So he had to go to work for the Navy. And when he died, the FBI took all his files and kept them, and never released them even over what 70 years later today. And so we've got a situation now where science bifurcated. We've got the quantum model, and I'm pretty familiar with the quantum model. I know people that work in it. And the Newtonian model, the three-dimensional Newtonian model, which uh, high school kids are stuck in today, which is inferior. Does this match up at all with what you know about bifurcation of science, hidden knowledge, and so forth? Oh, yeah, it fits perfectly. And I've been to the New Yorker Hotel and, 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 and went to the floor where Tesla was living the last few years years of his life and then there's there's two rooms sort of in a corner and there's a plaque on the wall you know and basically it's describing tesla and some information about him um and that's where you know the government broke in after he died basically went in and confiscated everything and to me they wouldn't have done that if his work wasn't really that important first of all and second of all i do think we live in an electric universe and and it's it's not about gravity at all it's about electricity and so that fits perfectly i think with what you're saying dave yeah what does the bible say about this you know i think it it leads more it, it to me it seems like it leans more toward the electrical universe it doesn't say that but just from some of the different uh, you know psalms and and things like that that talk about the beauty of the world in which we are it seems to me like it fits more with an electrical model mm -hmm. in, in my personal opinion 
and I'm sorry to digress again, but because uh, I know this isn't part of what you were dealing with, but you know what this put me in the mind of as we were just talking about this, when Jesus turned water into wine, you know, stone into bread, and he basically said, "This I do, you this I do, and you can do more." Um, what's your position on that? Uh, and does this tie into the physics? Are these special hidden powers that we could access if only we could be more Christ-like? I mean, how do you view that? Well, I mean, I would point you to my good friend Anthony Patch because he he delves into that from a scientific standpoint and how that could work. Not necessarily turning water into wine, but that type of an idea. And talking about how you shall do greater things and so forth. Exactly. And Anthony is, a, is an expert at describing science in layman's terms so that you and I and everybody else out there who... Well, I don't know about you. I don't have a scientific background. I guess you probably do more than I do, but... Only, I, I only through hobby, my friend, so oh, okay, I can't okay. make that claim either. All right. Well, he he does an incredible job. Maybe you should try and have him on the show at some point because he, he's an expert at explaining quantum physics in a way that we can all understand, And but he does it from a biblical standpoint, and I feel like he could probably answer that question better than I could. Um, but to me, it, it does seem like there probably is a scientific explanation, but then again, God controls all science and everything related to it. So if he wants it to work, it will work, um, whatever that might be. So I would uh -huh. definitely point you toward Anthony on that. Well, I, I would like to be put in contact with him because it, yeah. like, it sounds like that should be something that I'm pursuing. Mm -hmm. um, as a takeaway to today's interview... What would you want the average Christian to take with them that could do them the most good in these troubled times? Well, just to know that Jesus is with you if you if you truly believe on him, believe in his name, he will see us through this and he's got our back. He is not going to leave us. There's nothing there's nothing that I would say though that would ever try to say that um, things are going to be easy because I think things are going to get monumentally difficult uh, in the very near future most likely and I think that as long as we are obedient to God and we try and live a holy life in every way not just in certain ways but we if that if there's a little bit of sin that's creeped into your life you got to watch out because that that is a deal breaker that could that could potentially ruin it for you if you're not careful so so try and live as much of a holy life as you can and let the holy spirit in you which is a piece of god in you uh let it let the holy spirit lead you is what i guess i would leave people with let the holy spirit lead you and make sure if you're a christian make sure you're hearing the holy spirit you don't want to be hearing some other spirit because there are others. Oh, there are. And so that would there just are. point people to back to the Bible and back to Jesus, because I feel like that's really the only place we have any hope. Well, there are a lot of imitators and, you know, the yeah. false prophets and the wars and rumors of wars that are going to be in the last day. You've got to be really, really discerning. And that's my fear. I have to tell you, Doug, I, I really question myself all the time. Am I correct in this? Because... Uh, you know, pride goeth before the fall, but also too, so does stupidity, and 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 I'm really afraid of misinterpreting things, and and uh, 
this is why I like to do shows like this because now you're going to set me off in another path to start doing some more research here. Mm -hmm. But I, I find this too. When you're investigating the Word of God, the Bible might be finite in its length, but it's not finite in its knowledge. And what I found is that when I open a door of understanding, there's like maybe five doors that I've yet to open that I didn't even know were there until I stepped through that door. And so this knowledge keeps expanding exponentially and I can't keep up. I mean, I, I, I feel yeah. woefully ignorant. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I think it's, I think it is a multi-dimensional book. I mean, it's, you have to be at certain places in your life to even, even remotely grasp some of the things it talks about. And, and other things are just going to blow right by you because you're not really at that point in your life. I think it's multi-dimensional and um, you can certainly read the same passages and, and glean different information every time. I've done that lots and lots of times. And at different times in your life. The way I view yeah. the Bible in some areas now is radically different than I did even 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah, me too. Yep. And, and it's like walking into a new movie. And, yeah. and, and I, I'll, I'll even hear sermons, you know. I'll, I'll hear the description of the Easter story. And, and I keep getting different perspectives the more I grow in my faith. It's just, mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's like a never-ending story is what I'm saying. Um, how can uh, people follow your good work? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't do this for a living or anything. This is just like something that really interests me. So I, I set up a, um, I haven't even, I'm a web designer, but I don't, I haven't even had time to build a website for it yet. I may do that. I don't know. But right now, what, what is available is the um, YouTube series, which also those are on Brighteon as well. I would point people to my channel on YouTube and on Brighteon. Um, Diamond Disc, D-I-A-M-O-N-D-I-S-C. Diamond Disc is my channel on YouTube and also on Brighteon. Celeste's videos are also on my channel. Um, just the way it's worked out, um, I didn't force her to do that. That just was one of those things. It's like, well, we'll put this video up and see if anybody cares and anybody watches it. And now we're like a year later and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of videos later. And, and um, you know, how, how well people are picking up on what she's doing. So I would say... Um, you can find me on YouTube and Brighteon. The easiest way to find this particular work, though, is it's TakeItToTheLordInPrayer.com. Okay. And I borrowed that from our good friend Steve. I bought that domain name years ago. When I first heard him say it, I'm like, oh, i got to grab that because I don't want someone else to get it. And I want to make sure Steve can have access to TakeItToTheLordInPrayer.com. So I bought it, and then I... Um, forwarded it to stevequail.com so for the longest time and no one even knew but you could go to take it to the lord and prayer.com and you would get stevequail.com it was that way for a long time and then i made this series and i'm like well i think this it really fits this series so i'm going to stick with take it to the lord and prayer.com awesome. and if you go there it just takes you to my youtube playlist with these different videos in it well i have to tell you how much i appreciate the fact that you're putting the time into doing this and I hope we can do a follow-up on this because I feel there are a lot of topics that we need to talk about that we unfortunately didn't have time to talk about. Oh, yeah. And if you'll send me the video um, to the radio audience, I'll put this interview along with what Doug was describing with his video. We'll put them together as a package on my website at thecommonsenseshow.com. Sounds good. Thank well, Doug, you so thanks much. so much for joining us. It's really been a pleasure. And you do such good work, and, and, and the way you support Celeste and her great work is really admirable and thank you for agreeing to come on with my audience well thank you for inviting me it's been a real pleasure i, I love getting to know you and and you, i don't know if you remember you were on with uh yes i do richard Sachs. yeah i do on lost yep. arts radio yep 
and that was fun just getting to talk to you for a few minutes back then that was like two years ago i think now so yeah like time flies when you're having a holocaust right yeah no kidding <laughs> okay well take care we are right up against the time we've got a scoot but i'll be in touch we'll do a follow-up and i'll look forward to getting your video okay thanks dave thank you doug all right